0: Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal, where we share stories from our alumni, updates about the school, and help you reconnect and discover what the TMI community is all about. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of TMI's PantherCast podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Director of Community Relations. Today, I'm pleased to bring you the audio of our most recent senior chapel talks, by Jenny Chi and Ben Hirsch, TMI class of 2019. Remember, we'd love to hear your feedback on the podcast, so email us at panthercast at tmi-sa.org or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Now, enjoy this Senior Chapel Talk by Jenny Chi.
1: As we mature from a little kid to an adult, through this process, our parents always give us life advice and direction. Most of our growth is accompanied by our parents, their support, and their guidance. For me, I enjoy being with my parents and was always taken care of by my parents until studying abroad in the US. And that was my first time to be completely away from them. At the beginning of my student life in the US, I enjoyed being completely free in everything. My parents didn't blame me for spending too much, either time or money, on entertainment, which I did. I felt I was not under their control anymore. I thought I had become an independent person at last. However, this independent life was not as perfect as I expected. It was a tough four year for me when well, I first studied in a school without knowing anyone. Living in the dorm with people from different countries and being placed in an environment where Chinese is now the primary language was scary. What made the time even worse was the lack of the family support that I relied on. Being frustrated and depressed, I turned to my parents to call them a lot. But soon, I realized it didn't work. My parents could now support me or help me go through all the difficulties in a different country, or just come to me and give me a hug when I have my mental breakdown. This lack of physical interaction weakened the connection and draw me and my parents further apart. Then, I realized that I needed to make new friends, step out of my comfort zone, and participate in the community. As time went on, the situation improved. I began to make more friends and talk to them more, participate in more activities after school. However, the cost of this resulted in less and less time to spend with my parents. The frequency of communication between me and my parents went from a few hours every day to only a dozen minutes per month. As time went on, misunderstanding continuously grew within my family. I saw they didn't care about me. They didn't even take the initiative to call me. I had to do everything and take care of my life by myself. This was not the independence I wanted at the beginning. Since I studied abroad, anything that parents could do for their child, I didn't get it from my parents. I saw they don't really help me with everything or even know what happened to me in my life. That was my freshman year in high school, and I came to believe that my parents didn't care about me at all. At the end of my freshman year, I went back to China for the summer vacation. Although I had some dissatisfaction and arguments with my parents, I was still excited to be back home. My parents picked me up at Beijing Airport. When I saw my parents at the airport exit, my parents hugged me and looked so touched and happy. I realized, No matter how much I complain about them in my heart, I still miss them so much. The next day, when I woke up, it was 5 a.m. in Beijing. I was starving, but 5 a.m. was too early for breakfast. I assumed that my parents were still sleeping, so I went to the kitchen looking for food. To my surprise, I saw my parents in the kitchen preparing food. My mom asked me if I wanted to eat now, and the breakfast would be ready for a few minutes. I was touched by her concern, and I felt being loved and surrounded by my family at that moment. After a few minutes, I saw there were 10 more dishes on the dining table, and all of them were my favorite dishes. I was shocked and asked my dad. What time did they wake up? My dad said they don't remember. But after we got back home yesterday, my mom worried that I would be hungry by morning, so she didn't sleep well and began to prepare breakfast very early. At this point, my misunderstanding of them began to fade away. But there was still one thing that I will never let go if I don't ask them about it. So I began to ask them, why didn't you call me when I was in the US? Other Chinese students got their parents' phone calls several times a day. They didn't seem to expect I would ask this question, but they told me that they, they, they don't know what time I was afraid to talk, and they don't want to bother me when I was busy studying for my test. I suddenly opened up. I began to tell them about my experiences and the stories like to play while I was far away from them, such as struggling with schoolwork and the problems with some of my friends. I told them I was so depressed at that time and no one can help me out. My parents listened carefully and didn't want to miss any details about my life in the school. After that, I was very ashamed of the way I thought about them. Now, I realize no matter who you are and where you are, your family is your biggest support. Although we don't talk that much about our personal life to our parents, we do know that they will always be with us and give us the strongest support in everything. Although sometimes my family and I still argue I know deep in my heart they are concerned for me and what they say is for my happiness and well-being, although I don't like the way they say it. You all miss them so much after you move far away from your parents, trust me. Now I have become an independent person. I can go over the difficulties and handle relationships with the people around me. I am thankful to my parents and my other family members because without their teaching, I would not have become the person who I am now. Thank you.
0: And now, please enjoy our final chapel talk for today by Ben Hirsch.
2: There's something about it that makes me want to hop in and cool off on a hot summer day. Whenever I drive by, it taunts me as it rolls along because it knows that I can't stop every time. Still, I do my best to make my way down to the Guadalupe River when I can. For the majority of my life, I have been living close to the river and have enjoyed swimming, fishing, and sitting on its banks. Over the summer, I decided I needed to take part in everything the river had to offer me. From start to finish, I wanted to know about each inch of the river. And so my cousin and I decided to kayak 410 miles from its headwaters down to the Gulf. Unfortunately, we didn't make it the whole way, but we did get our fill of the river. Four days, 106 miles on a kayak. That would be like going down I-35 from Waco to Austin. All day, we paddled along the river and would occasionally pass people out on their boats and swimming by their docks. We portaged over dams, worked our way through rapids, and slept out under the stars at night. It was peaceful, exciting, and cathartic all at the same time. There were countless shooting stars across the night sky, crickets that chirped us to sleep, and the sound of water trickling downstream. In the daytime, we'd come across breathtaking wildlife, unforgettable scenic views, and cows, lots of cows, all along the riverbanks. Sometimes we had to navigate around them as they cooled off in the river. We passed one cow that looked dreary and lifeless. It turns out that cow was dead. (laughs) It had an easy walk back to its lush fields where it could be with all the other cattle, and yet it didn't make it back. Instead, this presumably happy and healthy cow handed itself over to some of the viler creatures we encountered on the river, buzzards. Buzzards lurk around in the daytime and they feed off of death. They shove their talons and their beaks deep into rotting flesh and rip it out until there's nothing more to take. They survive off the weak. They would sneer at us as they flew overhead. They wanted to remind us that we could seat ourselves over to them anytime we wanted to, just like everything else that had relinquished its life to these ravenous beings. They have a dark and shadowy presence. On the inside and out their only desire is the downfall of life. As a couple of days passed by on the river and the evening was coming to a close, we noticed a black speck on a bluff off in the distance. It was a hard day. The rain had been pouring down all afternoon. It still was and we were soaking wet and tired. As we pushed onward this black speck got bigger and bigger. We soon realized it was just another cow a calf actually, and it was starved. Its skin had sunken in around its bones and was hanging loose under its belly. Its rib cage was bulging out of its side. It was stuck on a ledge and must have been there for who who knows how long. There were buzzards stalking the young calf nearby. They knew it was feeble, and they were just waiting for it to give up so they could swoop in and feed off it. The calf itself was ready to collapse. Its hollow eyes showed signs of complete hopelessness. I could almost hear the cow telling me to paddle on, to leave it for dead and not waste my time. It knew it was going to die on that bluff. It was just a matter of time. So my cousin and I paddled on. We were ready to find a place to camp for the night, dry off, and get some rest. However, we didn't even get 20 yards past the miserable calf before rethinking the situation. As our eyes met, we knew that we had to turn around and help it. My cousin climbed up the muddy bluff and got on the ledge with the calf. All he could do was push it off into the water, and so he did. It fell in and didn't come up. It seemed like the calf was underwater for a minute, but in reality, it was only three or four seconds. The calf barely rose up out of the water, just enough for its snout and rear end to be seen. Then we kayaked on either side of the calf, forcing it to swim to the bank. It had to swim over 50 yards to get to a spot where it could climb up the bluff and go back to its mother. Sadly, it had no will to survive. It was barely keeping itself afloat and slowly its snout sank down further. All we could see was its nostrils sticking above the water. I began to wonder if it knew we were there to save it. I think the calf didn't care what was going to happen. Its spirit had already died and sank to the bottom of the river. It had no desire to live, and then fell its nostrils down to the bottom to die, down to the bottom so the buzzards could feast. But we quickly grabbed it by the neck and picked its head up to breathe. (laughs) This calf was not going to die while we were there. After a grueling and difficult hour, the calf made it to a bank where there were trails leading up a bluff and grass to feed on. We left the calf on the riverside with satisfied hearts, knowing it would go on to live. Though what if we hadn't helped it? What if we hadn't held up its neck and we let it drown? Although the calf didn't seem to care for our assistance, it was necessary for its survival. There will be points in all our lives when we have to offer a helping hand. There might be points when we must force our help upon people because they're in a desperate position. Perhaps your lifelong friend has started following the wrong path. It is your job to bring them back to an honorable way of living, and you can't wait around for someone else to do it. Offer your help and guide them towards the light that you see in them. Sometimes we might even find ourselves in that helpless position, waiting for the buzzards of our own life to come devour us. As the projects and tests and homework inevitably file up, increasing the stress and anxiety in our lives, we begin to become like that calf. We ignore help and stay stranded out on a bluff, far away from where we need to be. We let our exhaustion get in the way of our motivation. And slowly, that can tear away at the dreams we hold so dear. It is then that we must never lose hope. We must keep our momentum and move forward, even when it's difficult. Every day presents an opportunity to make ourselves better, whether it's in the classroom, on an athletic team, or doing some extracurricular activity. Naturally, as young adults, we are stubborn and we believe we are always right. But we are surrounded by friends, teachers, and coaches who want to see us succeed. So listen to them when they try to help. Our way is not always right, and their wisdom and guidance can bring out the best in us. Always let others help you in times of trouble and encourage yourself to keep on fighting. There will always be buzzards flying around, exhausting our drive and momentum. They will prey on our weaknesses and diminish our successes. But we will never let the buzzards of our lives stop us from doing what is right, from helping those in need, and from accomplishing every dream we set our hearts to. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback and show ideas, so leave us a comment, email, or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter using at TMI Episcopal. For more news, ways to connect, and to learn about upcoming events on campus, visit our website at www dot tmi-sa